everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. And before I get into this week's episode, I made a promise to you all, if you uh, listened to last week's episode, because there was a little bit of uh, technical difficulties when I was recording this episode, because, well, I didn't get a chance to talk about the wordy idea of the episode Erection Day came from, so... I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. We're just going to get right into it. So the idea from that previous episode. Manitre wanted to do an episode in which one of the boys started getting erections, but couldn't decide which boy should have the honors. They went with Jimmy because as a self-styled stand-up comic, he'd have the greatest potential for embarrassment. So that is where the idea for last week's episode came from. And uh, now the long national nightmare, or probably international nightmare, has come to an end. Okay, so starting here this week, the second half of Season 9 of South Park. And today going to be talking about an episode that covers, at the time one of the biggest stories in the United States in a long time and probably the entire decade, and that is the entire situation with Hurricane Katrina. Uh, To make it short, Hurricane Katrina happened in September 2005, hit the southeast of the United States, particularly in Louisiana, and the way it was handled was absolutely terrible. It took the city of New Orleans a long, long time to get, actually the whole state of Louisiana, it took a long, long time to get itself together. Um, but they make fun of uh, the entire situation with this week's episode, two days before the day after tomorrow. That is the name of this week's episode, and... Let's not make you wait any longer. Let's get into this week's episode two days before the day after tomorrow. So the episode originally aired on October 19th, 2005, was directed by Trey Parker, so we still have not reached that episode yet in the season where we have a different director. However, this episode was co-written by Trey Parker and Kenny Hotz. Now, to give a brief uh, background on Kenny Hotz, uh, he was a writer of the show, and he also was a writer for the show Kenny vs. Spenny, which used to air on Comedy Central, was the creator of the FX series Testies and Kenny Hotz's Triumph of the Will. Uh, He is... Well, at the time of recording, 52. So by the time you guys are listening to this, he's 53 years old. He is the recipient of the Gemini Award and the Canadian Comedy Award. Um, If you would like more information on him, he has a website, KennyHotz.com. That is Kenny, obviously spelled Kenny, Hotz, H-O-T-Z.com. 
So, we begin this week's episode, well, at the lake. And Stan and Cartman are at the lake. And what we see, they're on a boat. And Cartman says that this boat belongs to his Uncle Roy. It's a nice-looking boat, too. Uh, it's got a name. It's called Roy's Royce. Good use of the words there. So, they, you know, they're in the boat. They're playing around. And Carmen's like, why don't you use the boat? Why don't you start the boat? And, Car- and Stan's like, mm, I'm not really sure. And Carmen's like, look, no one's going to know. Anyone knows about this. If something were to happen, I will take full responsibility of whatever happens. So Stan takes it and he tries to, you know, he, he, he takes the gear, moves it back, but it's not moving. Well, that's because the boat is on neutral. He pushes the neutral button and the boat goes all over the place. And it goes over where it is parked, and it drives or drives right into a beaver dam. And the boys manage to get out of the boat in time before it completely explodes, and it would have been the end of Cartman and Stan. And Cartman is like, oh, dude, you're in so much trouble. And then Cartman admits that he doesn't have an Uncle Roy. He just saw this boat there, and he just went in. So, you know, typical or typical Cartman. So, they're so Cartman now has the idea to stand. Let's not tell anyone we were there. We were at IHOP playing tea. I'm not really sure if the people at IHOP would let you play. Eh, maybe maybe if you if you got little kids they might let you play tea. So, we go to the news that night. And the news reporter talks about how there is a great flood in the town of Beaverton. And the whole town is just flooded. And this is an exact recreation of the, of the scene in Louisiana where the water is right to the top of the roofs of the houses and people are standing on it. And they have a reporter there and the guy says... Well, we can report that there's probably going to be about 2 million deaths. And this is a town of 8,000. Okay. So then we go to South Park because, well, they're the closest town to it. And they're trying to figure out who did it. One group says George W. Bush did it. And another group says that terrorists were the one that broke the dam. They came up with a sort of a weapon of mass destruction dam for there to be. That makes no sense whatsoever. As Stan is just absolutely shocked by this. So now we see Stan, he's in just total shock. He goes to try to talk to his parents, but his parents are like, "Uh, you know, I'm sure we would help them, but we've we've just got to figure out who to blame right now. I mean, there's no other thing to do except we have to blame people. So, Stan doesn't really get any help from his parents. So the next day at school, Stan talks to Cartman, 
and Cartman tells Stan, no matter what, you don't tell Kyle. You don't tell him. Well, I see. I wonder why. So Kyle comes into the picture, and they they have a discussion, and Stan wants to tell Kyle, but, you know, he can't really when Butters tells the boys that they've got an announcement to make on the TV. So everyone goes into the cafeteria, and they turn on the TV, and they announce that... Global warming is the reason for the dam being broken. And everyone's like, <gasps> global warming. So then they tell us that there is a meeting going on with all of the scientists in Colorado, which Randy happens to be a geologist, so he would be there to take, you know, or to take part in this meeting. So he talks to the local, you know, po politicians of Colorado and talks about how after, you know, they're done studies that it would go into effect, you know, this, this whole global warming thing the day after tomorrow. Bum, bum, bum. I'm actually going to talk about that film uh, in a little bit because I did see that in the movie theaters and I'll give you guys my thoughts on it. So, as... As Randy is giving this talk to some of the politicians, more scientists come in, and they had redone the study, and they had decided that the global warming would happen two days before the day after tomorrow, and Randy realizes that's today, and the whole building just freaks out and in a way this reminds me of what's going on with uh the coronavirus and and the whole pandemic because everyone's just running out going crazy people run out they're yelling and screaming the kids run out they're going crazy people are in the grocery store so you know fortunately for stan his parents are right there in their car so he hops in and it's so funny this is done so well because it's like they're list you know they're listening to people going we shut off lesson we shut off lesson and they're trying to get away but the traffic is just completely blocked so then they decide okay well we got to get out of the car we're gonna we're gonna start walking so we then go to a group of people who are out of their cars and they are terrified and they just start running away it's almost become a horror movie but this is done so well this scene is done so well and they're you know trying to get away and this one guy falls and it's like oh my god he's gonna die and then he's just overreacting it is absolutely hilarious i i enjoyed that part so then the Marsh family, they start going up the street where the cars are, and people are running, and they're like, It's coming! It's coming! And then a few seconds later, It's coming the other way! <laughs> so they turn everyone around, and they all end up making it into the community center. And 
they all get in just in the nick of time. Oh, right, right before the worst of it happens. So they get in. They're all bunkering, and you know they're trying to figure out what to do. What you know? How are we going to do this? So they then turn on the TV, and it's Fox News. This is the only mention of Fox News actually in this episode. And they have a reporter in Chicago. And they're talking about how the streets are just completely empty and how in Chicago, because of global warming, 600 billion people have died during this pandemic. You know, I'd, uh, I'd like to think that's probably the number of people that have ever been killed in Chicago is 600 billion, but that's another story for another day. So, now we come to an interesting part in the episode where... Randy tells the people that are in the community center that this is what we're going to have to do if we're going to make it. And, and, and the plan that they come up with. So let's go to this clip. Everyone below this line will have to be evacuated to the south. Everyone above this line is already dead. People like us in the middle states have to ride it out. The balmy southwestern states might have a chance, but New York will have tidal waves that envelop all of the Northeast. <coughs> what, Frank? Well, you see, Randy accidentally drew a penis. <laughs> So, Stan and Kyle, they meet up. So, Stan talks to Kyle, and he finally confesses that he was the one that broke the dam. And Kyle tells him, you know, I think you should probably tell everyone that you did this. It'll make everything a lot easier. When Cartman comes over, and Cartman realizes Kyle has been told by Stan that he has done this. So, Stan wants to help the, the people at Beaverton. He wants to help them, you know, get out of this whole situation. The only problem is, is that the whole community center is boarded up. The doors are boarded up. The windows are boarded up. No one can get in. No one can get out. And then we get to a real funny scene where there are some people standing on the roof in Be on their roofs in Beaverton, and they're like, "Hello, anyone there? Could use a little help." So now. We see somehow, some way, Stan, Kyle, and Cartman have gotten out of the community center. Don't know how, don't know why, but they, well, actually, we do know why, but we just don't know how they got out of the community center. And the way that you could tell is that they are just zooming out in another boat. So, Basically, we've learned today that these boys cannot drive a boat. And as they're driving, they're, well, quote-unquote, driving their boat, 
the boat runs into the Beaverton Oil Company. And now we have oil coming out and there's a fire and the guy is like, Huh, thanks a lot. So now we're in even much bigger trouble. And then we get into this whole thing about, you know, like, who's to really blame? Is it global warming? Is it terrorists? Is it George Bush? And then someone's like, well, what about the beavers? And it's like, please, George Bush hates beavers. Well, we'll get into that a little later on. So we get a call in the rec center, and Stan talks to his dad, and he tells him that, you know, they're out here. And... Stan's going to tell Randy why this is going on, but decides not to. So now, Randy has come up with a plan. He's going to go out. He's going to go get the kids. Well, Gerald is going to join him because his kid is out there as well. And then Butter's dad, Stephen, I, I forget that name sometimes. I, I don't know why. But anyway... He decides to go out too because they just needed a third person. So they get, you know, all dressed up, going to save their kid or saving the kids, and they're dressed up as if it's 30 below zero when it's probably no more than 60, 70 degrees. I don't know, I'm just saying. So we get this scene where Steven can't make it, and they're like, no, you gotta go on. Hypothermia is a part of this. You gotta, you gotta keep going. So you know they tried to, to make it, and then we get to the government. They're in the Pentagon, and these scientists go to this military guy, that, uh, and they showed him what really caused the dam to be broken. And it's like, my God. Well, we'll have to wait and see what it is. So now. We see that Stan, Kyle, and Kenny, or Car uh, Carmen, pardon me, they go up the steps and they're trying to make their way free. But Cartman stops Kyle and he asks Kyle to give him the Jew gold. And this has been a thing for a long time. And, and this, is, this is sort of like earlier in the year with Cartman and the hippies. It's been coming to a long time. You know, it's been boiling up for a long time. And we're now getting to the to the ending. And Kyle's like, I have no gold. I don't know what you're talking about. Quit playing around. And then all of a sudden, Cartman pulls out a gun. Where the hell did Cartman get a gun? So he's like, I'm not playing around now. I'm not playing around. Give me the bag. So... Kyle takes a bag off of his neck and gives the bag to Cartman. And Cartman's like, you're not fooling me. There's another bag around your neck. Give me the bag. And Kyle grabs it. And instead of giving it to Cartman, he throws it over the railing. And then Kyle rushes up. Stan gets to the roof. And there's the army to save them. And... Kyle re gets there, and then Cartman is like, eh, you're me, eh, So he makes it just in time. And then he, the army brings the boys back to South Park, 
the people see it through the, the, the little creak in the door of the community center, and they break open, and, you know, the boys are safe. And then we get one of the best endings in the history of South Park. This is one of my all-time favorite endings, because this tells us who really caused the dam to be broken in Beaverton. Warming didn't cause the Beaverton flood. We know now whose fault it is. It was crab people. Oh! Crab people, crab people. Stop like... it, stop it! First it was terrorists, then George Bush and global warming, and now you're all blaming crab people for something that's very simple. It's my fault. I broke the dam. Ah, oh, man. Stanley, you? No. Don't you see what this child is saying? We can't spend all our energy placing blame when something bad happens. He's saying we all broke the dam. No, I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. No, I broke the dam. And I broke the dam. I broke the dam. <laughs> I broke the dam. <laughs> I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I ran a boat into the dam and I broke it. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. No, I broke the f***ing dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. I literally broke the dam. I broke the dam. I broke the dam. On a boat that wasn't mine. I broke the dam. And it keeps going until uh, Stan says, forget it. And that ends two days before the end, or two days before the day after tomorrow. I love that ending. And it keeps going into the credits, which is what makes it that much better. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, before I get into... Uh, my my grade of this episode let's see let's talk about where the idea of this episode came from the episode was inspired by the hurricane katrina relief effort which i mentioned earlier or more accurately the lack thereof it also fulfilled trey and matt's long-standing desire to do a global warming episode that skewered the 2004 disaster movie the day after tomorrow, which they consider one of the worst movies ever made. Okay, I'm going to say this about the movie, The Day After Tomorrow. I went to see this at the movie theater. This is, how long ago did this come out? 16 years. So I think we're past the point of where I could tell you how it ends if you haven't seen it. This movie... Until the end is actually a good movie. I enjoyed it until the end. The end of the movie is when the, some of the main characters survive. Like they're on they're in this building that's been broken up and they, you know, survived. But then you see all these other people coming out revealing that they survived and I'm like bullshit. Bullshit! There's no way all these people should have survived. <laughs> I was so pissed at the ending of that movie. I really was. Um, 
the movie stars Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, Seal uh, Ward, Emmy Rosam, and Ian Holm. Uh, those are the main stars of the movie. The budget was $125 million, and it made a lot of money. It made $552.6 million. Uh, it made it all the way to number two in the box office, uh, Memorial Day weekend. It was only behind Shrek 2, which is actually a good sequel, in my opinion. Um... The movie led the per-theater average with a four-day average of $25,053 compared to Shrek 2, which was $22,633. At the end of its run, the film grossed $186,740,799 domestically and $544,272,402 worldwide. It was the second highest opening weekend film not to lead at the box office. Inside Out surpassed it in June 2015. Okay, now I'm interested to see what... Uh, oh, no, that is number one. Um, because, well, the day after tomorrow was, you know... Oh, no, wait, if Inside Out is number two, I wonder what number one would have been. Oh, I'm so confused. Ah, <laughs> See, this whole thing's uh, finally getting to me. Um, anyway, so, as far as the critical reaction of the movie, The Day After Tomorrow received mixed reviews from critics who praised its visual effects and criticized its writing and scientific inaccuracy. Review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reports that 44% of 219 critics reviewed the film positively with an average... A 5.29 out of 10. According to the website, it is a ludicrous popcorn flick filled with clunky dialogues, but spectacular visuals save it from being a total disaster. Roger Ebert described the film as profoundly silly, but nonetheless said the film was effective and praised the special effects. He gave it three stars out of four. See, it's not that bad of a movie. I, I kind of disagree with Matt and Trey on this one. This was not that bad of a movie. It's just the ending is terrible. Uh, in 2008, Yahoo Movies listed The Day After Tomorrow as one of its top 10 scientifically inaccurate films. It was criticized for depicting meteorological phenomena, easy for me to say, as occurring over the course of hours instead of decades or centuries. A 2015 Washington Post article reported on a public or on a paper published in scientific reports which indicated that global temperatures could drop relatively rapidly one degree fahrenheit over an 11 year period due to a temporary shutdown of the atlantic meridional overturning circulation caused by global warming but yeah i honestly i liked the movie it was just the ending was bad i did not like the ending other than that I thought it was a good movie. So, uh, what did I think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode. This is a tremendous rebound for me, especially after uh, last week's episode, Erection Day. I'm going to. This is going to get a high grade. It's going to get a nine out of ten for me. I really, really enjoyed this episode. I, I really did. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny, and considering what's going on in today's world 
it sort of hits at home. It, it, it fits perfectly. Uh, so cultural references, and there were a lot in this episode. Uh, the episode obviously parodies the response to Hurricane Katrina, particularly particularly the various ad hoc explanations for the increased level of suffering from the hurricane and its aftermath. In addition, the episode parodies the misplaced anger and unwillingness to negotiate between all the parties in the Katrina relief effort, the distorted media coverage that occurred during the hurricane's aftermath, and the Houston mass evacuation during Hurricane Rita. For instance, when the people conclude that George Bush was the cause of the beaver dam being broken, someone says George Bush doesn't care about beavers. In a parody of Kanye West's quote, George Bush doesn't care about black people. In addition, during the evacuation, only white people are rescued while a black man can be seen left stranded. This references the accusations of selectively racist rescue efforts and media coverage during the Hurricane Katrina crisis. Obviously, today's episode is a parody of the 2004 movie The Day After Tomorrow and general responses to global warming. For instance, the scene where Stan calls his father on the phone while the water level rises is a reference to a similar scene in The Day After Tomorrow where Sam calls his father while trying to outlast the fatal coldness. Several other scenes from the film are parodied in the episode. The final scene where everyone says, I broke the dam, is a reference to the 1960 film Spartacus, where the title character comes forward as Spartacus, and the slave, clou- or the slave crowd all claim to be Spartacus in an effort to protect them. Uh, before I go any further, um, I, I, I have to admit I've been lying to you all. Um, my, my name is not actually Bill. Because, uh, well, see, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! No, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! No, I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! No, I'm Spartacus! Damn it, will you all sit down? I'm Spartacus! Shut up! SHUT UP! Sorry about that, everyone. I I, I apologize for uh, that. Uh, The people had to be held back. The scene in... Also, the scene in which Cartman confronts Kyle over his quote-unquote Jew gold in the flooded fuel factory is a reference to the final scene in the 1976 movie Marathon Man, which stars Dustin Hoffman and Laurence Olivier, in which a fugitive Nazi war criminal confronts a detective who has taken his diamonds stolen from Holocaust victims and is preventing the Nazi from cashing in on them. Alright, so let's go to IMDB and let's see what they thought of this episode. 2,094 members of IMDB rated this episode, the average rating is an 8.5 out of 10. 592 people gave this a 10. 569 people gave it a 9. That's going to be the grade I give it this week. 503 people gave it an 8. This is a genuinely liked episode here on IMDb. 43 people gave this a 1. To break it down into the demographics, over 1,500 males uh, rated this episode with an average rating of an 8.5. The highest group is the under 18 category where it is 8.9 
And for females, it's over 100 of them, 140 to be precise. The average rating is an 8.1. Their highest demographic is 45 and over, where the average rating there is a 9.0. All right, so let's take a look at what, you know, the comments of IMDb. This is always a fun part. And gonna start with, uh, I believe this is a new person called JLDMP1, who wrote, This time, the satire is aimed at Hurricane Katrina and Rita, global warming hysteria, sanctimonious world savers, collective guilt mongers, and clueless news reporters. As usual, the media is to blame for blowing the initial silliness out of proportion, and thence completely out of control. What holds it together is announced. The day after tomorrow, but Waterworld and Hellfires are suggested, as are countless move monster movies. There is the predictable cultural left versus right soapbox mock printing, pretty much as expected in every episode. There is also the usual tongue-in-cheek Carmen, anti-Semitic rants, this time with a minor joke buried within. With a few chuckles, but not their best. Huh, very interesting. Raindog Jr. is our next one, and he wrote, A very clever episode, maybe not as memorable as others, but surely we have a lot of great lines and a hilarious spoof of the movie The Day After Tomorrow. I rated that film with a 1 out of 10, and I clearly remember having a really bad time when I went to see it on the big screen with my family, and not just because of the movie, but also because I had the worst place. Yes, I was in the first line since we arrived late and we weren't even together. Plus, and I effing remember that, a kid behind me was truly annoying kicking my seat while his mom was explaining to him the damn movie. I ended sleeping in parts of the movie. Sorry to hear that. All begins with Carmen and Stan. In short, they caused a tragedy, they destroyed a beaver dam, and the reported consequences were more or less millions of deaths in a town with only 8,000 persons. Beaverton suffered a flood, but the last thing that matters is the rescue of the people that are still trapped in Beaverton. Actually, the only thing that matters is to find whose fault was. Global warming. Yes, that's the answer. Then there's a lot of panic. Desperation. It's simply hilarious since global warming is right behind there chasing the people. Fortunately, Randy could close the door of the Park County Community Center right at the face of global warming. But Stan, Cartman, and Kyle will be outside trying to rescue the people of Beaverton, and we have a really great day after tomorrow scene in which Randy, Gerald, and Butter's father are outside. Certainly everything is normal, but they are wearing lots of coats and stuff, then they are extremely warm. They deduce that is one of the last stages of hypothermia. And the ending is also great. I broke the dam. And before that, we see once again how Cartman was right. I think there are more, but right now I remember when Carmen said the to Token that a base should be in his basement because he's black, and then we see Token with a base. Token later says something like, Carmen, I'm sick of your stereotypes, when Cartman said that he must know how to play bass because he's black, and guess what? Wait, what is this? Anyway... Yes, Token joined Cartman's band as the bass player. Another that I remember is when Cartman said that when people die, they crap their pants, and eventually when Walmart dies, it craps its pants. Here we have another Cartman situation. He has a gun, and he's ready to kill Kyle, 
Herman wants at all costs Kyle's Jew gold, and we see that Kyle does have a bag of gold and also a bag with fake gold. Anyway, check this great episode and laugh at all of the news reports. A very clever episode. And did I mention that crab people were also blamed as the causers of the flood? Something from May and Trat's mini or Trey and Matt's mini commentary. This is my favorite commentary of season nine. So much fun because what they say about the day after t- tomorrow is nothing but the truth. They also wanted the Arctic wolves in this episode, but was just too dumb. All right. Uh, next review is from Gangsta Hippie, who wrote. Two Days Before the Day After Tomorrow deals with the issues of global warming and the floods of New Orleans. Stan and Kerman are messing around with some guy's boat. Kerman says it's his uncle, which it is not. They end up crashing it into a beaver dam, which causes a flood in a place called Beaverton. The people are waiting to be rescued, and everybody is looking for who to blame. Some people think George Bush did it. Others think it was terrorists. Everyone then feels it was global warming, and it's about to come. Everybody is in a panic and will not help the Beaverton people. Stan feels very guilty and tells Kyle, who forces him and Carmen to help save the people. This is another another episode with great social commentary. It's a fairly funny episode as well. Last review, and this is a new person, Foxy Tree 2 who wrote, Again, how does an episode that is sprinkled with brilliance from beginning from beginning to end get this low of a rating? I understand there are classical episodes on the list and some great ones get left behind. But this? This? Again, I shake my head at the voters because how can either of the Go God Go episodes be above this? We've not gotten into that yet. I think it's either season 10 or season 11, that episode. So it, it's going to be a while. You don't have to enjoy Parker and Stone's take on Katrina and the like of response, but a funny episode is a funny episode. There were numerous parts that make you laugh to this day. I remember in 2005, you knew that an episode like this was coming and they didn't disappoint. You know why? Because it is South Park. How many times do things live up to the hype? This episode proved so. Just remember, you didn't have to care about Katrina or FEMA to find this one funny. Don't be a fag, crab people, Jew gold, when Randy draws a cock on the map, I don't even have an Uncle Roy, I broke the dam, Kyle's fourth guest was Cartman. Pretty much, they liked this episode. And I enjoyed this episode too. Uh, This is up there as one of the best episodes of Season 9 of South Park. Well, let's wrap it up, and then I'll tell you guys what I got in store for next week's episode. Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and don't forget to join the Facebook group. It is SharksPond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar on Facebook, and if you can't find it, it's okay. I post a link in each I post a link in, in the description of each and every episode. Next week on this program, we're going to be talking about the episode Margarine. wonder what that one is going to be about. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until... I'm Spartacus! Oh, God, I'm not again. I'm Look, if you guys aren't going to sit down, I'm going to have to... I'm, I'm, don't make me do it. Shut up! You are not Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! Shut up!
Shut up! Get me out of here! Leave me alone!